Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. Like I shared with the children, today our reading continues through the Gospel of Luke, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. We hear that over and over. Before a story, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And he's in a border town between Samaria and Galilee. He's passing. I think that the border between Samaria and Galilee is kind of like the border between Idaho and Nevada. You know, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And there's a village. I wonder if it's like a border town, you know, on our borders, (laughs) this village. But regardless, there's ten lepers outside the village living as they did. And leprosy, you've probably all heard of leprosy. It's a skin disease. Um... In Leviticus 13, it describes it. So those who are doing the Bible study on Leviticus, have you guys hit Leviticus 13? Have you guys, you haven't hit Leviticus 13 yet? You have? So Leviticus 13 describes what leprosy looks like. And it is, you know, an infection in the skin that turns the hair white and is deeper than the skin. Looks like it's penetrated the skin. Scholars say it's probably not what we call leprosy today or Hansen's disease because there's evidence that that disease originated in Asia and had not made it to the Middle East at this time. So when they talked about this skin disease, it's something that we might call, you know, really bad acne or ringworm or, you know, that dandruff stuff that gets in your hair and flakes and... So anyway, it's something. You have to live outside the village. You have to live outside the village because you couldn't come close to God. God was the God of life. And anything to do with death was kept away, with human's death. And so disease was kept away from God. And if you couldn't come close to God, you couldn't be part of the community. So they had to live outside. They were to keep their distance, probably more than six feet, or at least six feet. And they had to call to people as they approached and say, unclean, to let them know. And so these men were doing what they were supposed to do. They were outside the village. They kept their distance. But then when they called, 
They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So apparently they had heard about Jesus, even though Jesus is traveling. He had gotten a reputation as a healer, enough to give them hope. Perhaps they'd heard about Jesus' teachings, too, and about his feedings, because they knew his name, Jesus, and they called him Master, which is how the disciples addressed him. And then, all Jesus says is, go show yourself to the priest. He doesn't say, what do you want from me? He doesn't lay on hands. No one touched the hem of his garment. There are no words of healing. There's no mud smeared. All these other ways that healings had happened, Jesus just stands back and says, go show yourself to the priests. And in Leviticus 14, when you've read it, it has the rules of what the priest is supposed to do. Leviticus is a great rubric manual for, for priests. It tells them what they're supposed to do and different things. And when a person has healed in Leviticus 14, you go show yourself to the priest. The priest examines your skin. And if the priest finds the leprosy gone, then there's a special sacrifice that happens. And the person washes their clothes and shaves all the hair off their body and takes a bath. Seven days later, they do the whole thing again. And then the person may approach the Lord and bring their offering and be welcomed back into community. But the priest just is confirming that the leprosy is either there or gone. So I wonder what those lepers thought when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. I suspect they wanted healing. And instead, they were sent, you know, for a check. Nothing else to do, just go get checked. But they went. And along the way... Their skin disease was healed. They were cleansed, as we say. And one of them noticed. We don't know what the others noticed, the other nine. Did they not notice until they got to the priest? And when the priest looked at them, they went, oh. And they thought maybe the priest healed them. Or they thought God healed them. But they didn't connect back to Jesus. One connected the dots. That Samaritan leper connected the dots. I've been healed. God healed me. And it was Jesus. And then his, he just erupted in gratitude, erupted in wonder and faith. He shouted his gratitude. He glorified God. He ran back to Jesus. He knelt at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. This one noticed. He put the pieces together. And it wasn't, you know, magic or coincidence or serendipity. It was Christ. And then Jesus says to him, your faith has healed you. So what was his faith? I would say his faith was recognizing 
what Jesus had done. His faith was recognizing that healing that God had given him. Jesus healed all ten, but only one recognized that it was Jesus. Only one noticed that it was Jesus. And God is still like that with us. God is, is still with us, always healing us, and we miss it until we don't. When we connect the dots, that moment when, when we suddenly see how it all goes together, we call that moment conversion. And it happens over and over and over in life. That moment when we put the pieces together and our faith erupts. And where our faith erupts in gratitude and glorifying God and committing our lives to Jesus and thanking Jesus. That faith as noticing. Some folks talk about faith as trust, as trust in God. And that is a good way to think about faith. The trouble comes when what we're calling trusting looks a little bit more like demanding God's proof. And that's a tricky thing. I think it's something that we all, that we all kind of struggle with because we want God to show us. And at the same time, faith that we are not God demands humility. And I'm thinking about the very different ways different churches responded to COVID and how that still kind of sticks with us and we wonder about our own response. After that initial lockdown, you know, and now there was evidence that COVID spread through the air and different churches took really different stances, all naming faith. So some churches said, we are going to meet in person, indoors, no masks. We have faith in God's protection. And other folks have done that. Well, you know, the folks that drink poison and dance with snakes, and that's, like, that's an important part of their faith experience. And many of those folks who trusted in God's protection were fine. And some were not. And then there are churches who took like the exact opposite, who stayed separate way after it was, you know, found that COVID really doesn't spread outside. They still stayed separate. They still were virtual only. And they said it was their faith of the faith prompting them to protect their community. And those folks that stayed so separate for so long and the irony was that they, they treated gathering as Christian community as more dangerous than going to the park for a barbecue or going to the grocery store. Opposite actions, both coming out of faith. And so the trick is when we have trust in God, when we trust God, when we have faith in God, that we're not saying, God, I trust you to do exactly what I want you to do. <laughs> because that is not faith. This faith of the leper was different. This leper trusted in God's capability of healing, but had no sense of entitlement to that healing. 
And then he noticed what God did. And the faith was in the noticing. Jesus told that leper, your faith has healed you and saved you. We can see the healing. The leprosy was gone. And Jesus said, it has saved you. Faith saved a Samaritan. Samaritans were not part of Jesus' community. They were not Jews. They were foreigners. This was a foreigner with a disease. This was an unwelcome foreigner. And let's be clear, he did not follow Leviticus 14. He didn't go show himself to the priest and do the sacrifices and the washing and the shaving. So he was not following the law. And I have heard folks say these, you know, foreigners who are unwelcome, who don't follow the law, are called illegal aliens. And this one, Jesus says, your faith has saved you. And 2,000 years later, this one's faith teaches us about faith. And he did it by noticing what God had done, what Jesus had done. And it makes me wonder, who, who are the unwelcome foreigners amongst us who have come, knowingly or not, to teach us about salvation? to show us what God has done so that we notice what God is up to. We struggle right now as a country with large numbers of immigrants at our southern border, and absorbing them all is difficult, and yet there are blessings. Could, could there be blessings sent by God? People who, who shake us out of our, of our worry, and our protectionism and our certainty to show us what God has done. The healing stories in the gospel are all about faith. They are all about connection with God. There were a lot of lepers in Jesus' time. Jesus healed these ones. And he healed them to bring them to faith. Because it turns out that God's greatest desire is for relational connection with us. I don't know why God wants relationship with us so much, but it's true. I guess it does make sense. Every loving parent, their deepest desire is a loving relationship with their children, no matter how old they are. And God's greatest desire is this relational connection with us forged in us knowing noticing what god has done and then we erupt in gratitude every healing story in the gospel every healing today is about faith is about bringing us into that connection with god i hear it in the deep faith of others I was recently talking with a fellow who has cancer, and it is not good. And he said, either God will miraculously cure my cancer, or God will bring me home to heaven. Either way, 
I am with God. And I thought, wow. That is faith that inspires me. He has that connection, that deep relational connection with God. And he inspires me and it builds my faith. That is what we do for each other. When we spend time with other disciples, we talked about that, that life of Jesus that shows us, shows us faithful living. Time alone with God, time with other disciples, and time in service with the crowds. When we spend time with other disciples, we hear these stories of the way God has been in their life. We hear their gratitude at the wonders of God. We hear them thank and praise Christ. And then we notice God in our lives. And we feel that deep gratitude of serendipitous blessings. And we find ourselves glorifying God. Well, if God keeps up like God always has, sometime this week, God will reach out to you. God will reach out to you in healing or in saving, reaching out to you to build that relational connection that God wants more than anything. And so be on the watch. Be on the watch for what God is doing. Be like that Samaritan leper. Notice. And then let the gratitude erupt out of you. Can we pray together? Lord God, you show up when we least expect it. You heal us even in places we didn't know we needed healing. You draw us together to share this wonder with each other. Lord, we ask that you open our eyes so that we see, that you give us the eyes of faith to notice, to connect the dots, to see you in our lives. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Nia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.